Yeah, er, early on, I was given a book. I was actually given three books when I was in the hospital. I was given a, a New Living Translation Bible, Study Bible. I was giving Silver Surfer and Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning. And that, that book changed my life from like right off the bat. I read it within a day, the whole book. And it's a Holocaust story. And he talks about finding purpose in our suffering and that that really can be a, almost like a secret superpower to get through suffering and, and to heal. And the comic books, this journey for me, even though it's been stressful and tumultuous at times and on the brink of giving up on it, it's it always seems to find there's these like glimpses of hope and being able to have the purpose to make these books and to think there's something bigger that I'm that I'm reaching kids, which is really my my passion in ministry is trying to get kids amped on Jesus and trying to get kids amped on reading. Welcome to the Breathe Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and creativity. We interview artists from all walks of life to discover how faith plays a role in their art and expression, hoping to encourage you to live a life of creativity and faith. And now Please welcome your co-hosts, Derek Engoy, Christian Mendoza, and Kevin Horton. Yup, yup. Welcome back to the Breathe Faith and Creativity Podcast. Welcome back. And guys, how y'all doing today? I'm doing good. Awesome. <laughs> what was that? Chris, he's doing awesome. Chris is doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. <laughs> how about you? Kevin's doing good. <laughs> hey, let's bring this I'm back from last, last time. How's, how's this? Oh, that's not what I was looking for. Never mind. <laughs> that was a recording of my orchestra practicing. Do, do I pass? No. No. So this is what happens when I hit the wrong pads. <laughs> Bring it in 2021. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so on the real, guys, how y'all doing? We say, we say, what do you think about 2020? <laughs> <laughs> how has the past couple of weeks been for you guys? We uh, launched... Um, Alexandria's episode uh, two weeks ago. How how about uh how how's the two past two weeks been for you guys? How about you, Kevin? What's 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 new with you? Pretty encouraging. As I was talking to you before we started recording, and just about how Christmas for me has was peaceful. Uh-huh. The holidays were peaceful, even though I feel like I still live in the twilight zone with all the stuff going on. I've been very peaceful. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. Uh, when you say twilight zone, what do you mean? Like you walk outside, everybody's got a mask on. It, it feels like it's an episode of the twilight zone. Uh-huh. And you, I just feel like Rod Serling should step out and go, submit to your approval. <laughs> <Plenty>. <laughs> yeah, that's true. How about you, Chris? Yeah. How you been for the past couple of uh, weeks? Past few weeks, I'm doing, doing a lot of reflecting. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I've been spending a lot of church or a lot of time at church to do the, the art stuff. So yeah. I was speaking to Inez, who visits me on occasion, you know, to keep, keep my brain safe. And I was just kind of laughing to her. I'm like, you know, you know that two years ago, if you told me I was going to be a children's artist and a co-host for a religious podcast, <laughs> I would have been like, dude, you're nuts, bro. Yeah. Like, and it's just... It's just really cool. It's, yeah. it's it's a practice that I've kind of learned through Christianity is to compare yourself to the month before, compare yourself to the year before, five years, ten years, and you're just like, dude, yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, that's good. That's it's, all, it's, that's where I'm at. 
it's God's mysterious ways, I guess, right? Putting you, I can imagine the apostle Paul, same thing, right? Before he became a follower of Jesus, he was persecuting Christians. And I'm sure he would have probably said the same thing if he were to talk with his contemporaries five years prior and they were to say, Hey, God's going to use you to plant churches and change the whole landscape of Christianity. He would have been like, what? Oh, I'm about to kill those. Yeah. Guys, you're right? like, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's kind yeah. of how I feel. And to be able to be given a second lease on life and, and to be trusted again, it's just really good. And I just want to make that grow. That's good. Uh, by the way, for those who don't follow you, and of course our links are in our show notes, but Chris, why don't you give your quick um, Instagram handle so people can watch your, you work with, especially with that mural that you've been working on lately. We've been talking about it for the past three episodes now. Uh, what's your Instagram oh, right handle? Now, huh? Oh, it's, uh, it's at doza.art or at doza195.art. Cool. And uh, yeah, I'm actually doing a, a origami based mural for the children. And uh, yeah, we, I, I'm just completely, totally sell it out. I'm trying to make something within this image. I want something for everybody. I want a, a two-year-old to appreciate it. I want an 80-year-old to appreciate it. Just as long as you can see, you're going to definitely appreciate it. I mean, there's this animals, there's ridiculous colors, and we did it for a ridiculously cheap price. Yeah, so that's cool. Like, there's definitely, Jesus is, is totally at work with this. I spent less than $60 and I've done like 20 paintings along with the mural. I still have paint left over. Wow. That's cool. Something magical is happening. Yeah. Well, that's you know, all I'm saying. You know what I say? It's that, <laughs> dude. That's, that's so money. That's <laughs> <laughs> money, baby. Dude, stop putting me in charge with the sound pads because I'm going nuts over here with all these sound effects. <laughs> somebody somebody stop him yeah somebody stop me now the geese is gone I, it's not on my sound pads you know but i can uh, uh, i can play this one again <laughs> so the jizz got mad and that's whenever i come <laughs> on you hey kevin what do you think wah, 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 wah. <laughs> hey let's dive into an icebreaker really quick i know that we've just right, conversed a couple of questions but hey we're halfway through january uh can you believe that it's like the turn of the year just happened and now we're halfway through january uh what would you say kevin we'll start off with you what would what would you say your theme song is for this year and why right now because i have a a great appreciation for him the benny hill theme (laughs) (laughs) why it's just because when i was little i wasn't supposed to be watching it but i did and so and then I just love the the stop motion. If you don't know what it's like when they when they do a lot yeah. of their skip, it was like in double time, and so it would walk real fast, and then just play that. Oh, I remember all that stuff too. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be laughing at this, but I'm laughing, and and that would be my theme song, just because it's cool. Well, yeah, no, and and you you touched on something there, Kevin, right? you said you shouldn't be laughing but humor is a really really good thing right it, it's it's very medicinal if you will um especially oh, yeah. in, in times of um in times of stress and anxiety and so I, I think it's a it's a definitely a good theme song there so i think you hit it on the money with the uh, laughter there great medicine yeah uh yeah. what about you chris what's your theme song uh for this year and why Jeez, probably my favorite theme song. It would be Run the Jewels, Ooh La La. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's like what they are. I mean, it's kind of like what Mario was talking about with the Earth Party. Yeah. Uh, with Run the Jewels, it's 
what happens when you lop off all the different parts of society if you have a classless mm. socioeconomic utopia? Yeah. That's what theirs is. That's kind of what Mario was talking about with the slicing off of, of, of the tree limbs yeah. in order to get the good parts to grow. And that's what ooh la la is for me. Uh, mm. It allowed me to reflect on the things that I didn't reflect on. Uh, you know, uh, be able to interact with the people that I needed to and and just kind of learn. Ooh la la, this is what's coming out. Yeah. Like, the real beat. Yeah, that's cool. I, I think for me, um, and without interpreting too much of the actual lyrics, but the song that came to mind for this year's theme for my for my life at least is "Calm Like a Bomb" um, uh, by Rage Against the Machine. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the past couple of weeks on the show, we've been talking about rest. We've been talking about slowing down and trying to live in this rhythm of calm. But the way I look at yeah. this year, especially with everything that happened in 2020, um, bomb not in a negative way, but yes, you know, I exactly know what you mean. right. You're 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 living within this rhythm of calmness, but you're allowing your creativity to explode in great ways. You're allowing you know your relationships to again explode in authentic ways, and so. Um, but I think yes. all the good stuff, at least for me in this year, whether it's creativity, whether it's relationships, whether it's the sermons I preach, whether it's the projects I work on. All of that will explode in great ways only out of a rhythm of calmness. And I need to practice that every day. Um, yeah. Because last you're year was so, so what's that, Kevin? You're, you're, I, I love what you're saying because you're, you're just so correct. Yeah. And because I think last year with the pandemic, it, it caused a lot of people to frantically respond. And a lot of us were in situations we've never been before. And so we had to pull things together. We had to piece life together for those who are in ministry. Church was a lot different uh, for those oh, yeah. who, for those who performed in public, you know, they're all, every one of my performer friends, all their tours were canceled because they couldn't meet in public. And so they had to frantically figure out a way to stay relevant, to still stay creative. And I think we, we as a people responded to the pandemic and it caused us to move in such a frustrated and frantic way and i think if anything it really put us on a uh, a warp speed if you will of life and so this year is going to be all about rest and being calm and allowing that to fuel um great expressions of whatever i have my hands on so that would yeah. be my theme song for 2020 yeah all you know what i heard throughout their whole answer all i kept hearing was ignite ignite <laughs> delay. so thanks Derek. yeah of course <laughs> of course props to zach Delaroca and the rest of yeah. the radham crew and if you can't yeah. see us we're all just going racing the roof that's right that's right no no we're saying ignite oh yeah and for those of you uh, who haven't joined yet, uh, please join our podcast. It's breathe.podcast.com, our Instagram account. And have people go ahead and just have listen, listen to people talk about the things that they love the most. And right now, we need to be inspired. And a lot of these guests that we're having up here, they have ridiculously inspiring stories in a time when we need inspiration the most. So please go ahead and spread the word and join uh, breathe.podcast. And while you're at it, why don't you head on over to our Patreon page under under Derek Engoy, and you can specifically support this podcast and help cover some of the costs to keep it running. Just because we're flat out awesome, everybody. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I, mean, I just want to you know talk about humbleness. You know, we're just awesome. <laughs> I don't know about you know, me, but you, Kevin, are truly awesome, and so are you. Oh, yeah, two geez. out of three people. 
Oh, two out of three people on this panel is just like, you know, trident gum. That's right. Two out of three dentists <laughs> say that we're awesome. And then they say, open your mouth. The reason is because we have other projects that you can directly support on the page. But you know what? Thanks for your support because we've got equipment and we've got some awesome things just to make this show better. Because of your support, we're also able to get some new equipment for the show. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And also want to take this time to remind everyone to go ahead and rate and review our podcast. It's really encouraging and um, inspiring to read through all of your reviews and your amazing comments. Uh, it lets us know that we're hitting all the marks, hitting all of our goals. Um, in fact, props to one of our most recent reviewers, specifically on Apple Podcasts. The user goes by the name of Cricket underscore Unicorn. Again, that's Cricket underscore Unicorn. And the user says this. Great stories, ideas, inspiration, and much to learn from the Breathe podcast. Love hearing from creative people about their walks and where faith has brought them in life. Awesome combination with some very talented and incredible people. So thank you so much to Cricket underscore Unicorn. I really appreciate your yeah, kind thank words. You. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so everyone, please keep sending your reviews and rating our show. We would really, really appreciate it. So that being said, uh, this past week, um, I had the great honor of interviewing Mario DiMatteo. He's a storyteller. He's a comic book creator. He's also an urban farmer uh, from San Diego. Love I love that about him. Um, he's definitely an eclectic creative, and we talked about a bunch of different things in life. Um, but before we play his interview, one thing that I want the three of us to kind of unpack is to talk about um, this idea of perseverance. Mario, in his story, he, he tells and he, he recounts this crazy accident that he had while he was in Costa Rica, where he became paralyzed after diving into a pool, yet it didn't stop him from pursuing his purpose. So I wanted the three of us to talk about perseverance um, leading into his interview. Um, maybe we can start with you, Chris. How do you define perseverance, um, specifically in the context of your creative art? How do you define perseverance in the context of your creativity? Well, perseverance for me is to continuously do it on a day-to-day basis mm -hmm. and have it lead to, you know, to have intermediate goals in between. And perseverance for me is, is it's, it's going with it, just remembering what's most important to you. Yeah. And, and just chopping it all off, just like what Mario was talking about with the truth. Mario, it's getting rid of the things that don't matter to you, things that limit you from becoming who you are meant to be, and replacing those with things that are actually better, that work more efficiently for you. Yeah. And throughout that journey, if you can start getting people that are like-minded, like Mario, like what I was, you know, we were talking about the, the pre-production meeting for this. Mario, part of me is, or part of Mario is inside of me. Hmm. You know, with him being paralyzed and him having to change his whole way of life. He used to be an athlete. Yeah. And now he's in a wheelchair. And he's like, what am I gonna do? And what was awesome is still not only is he he dealing with his creative gift and totally switch gears with life, but his his faith actually grew stronger. Mm, yeah. And that's awesome. And then with Alexandria, same thing, like part of her is inside of me, mm. part of Emma is inside of me. And I know Kevin could relate too because a lot of those aspects that we've dealt with in the last three interviewees, Kevin could relate to also. Yeah. And, and and it's just like, dude, God's talking to me through these people's experiences. He's inspiring me. 
because right now what I watch the news, mm. it's kind of hard. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and so yeah, Mario's sword is awesome. That's cool. What about you, Kevin? How do you define perseverance uh, specifically in the context of your creativity? In my creativity, uh, well, recently with all the stuff with quarantine, Zoom has become really popular. And one of the workout groups that I work with is called Panic Room. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful because every time I get in front of the mic, I panic. Yeah. Everything comes against me to say, I can't do this. Mike becomes my enemy. So perseverance is where you get up and you try again. I also want to mention the 16th president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. You may have known this. You may have not that he failed 14 times in business before he became president. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. You you think about that and you think if that happened back in the 1800s and he succeeded, why can't I? Why can't, and then, so every time I get up in front of the microphone, perseverance is giving it one more try, Mm. getting up after you fall, trying again. So that's how I define perseverance is, I'll tell you what, and my voiceover coach can, can vouch for this. I've worked on the same poem for a year and a half, Mm. trying Mm. to get through that poem. Yeah. And there's been times when I felt like I just wanted to chuck it all. Yeah. Just. I don't want to do this anymore because I get tired of, of him saying that I'm not doing it right. And, and that, and he, he really tore me down to build me up again yeah. because I yeah. finally got past that poem at the end of 2020. That's so good. that's perseverance. It was a year and a half of fun. Yeah. Well, you know, Kevin, they say in, in the poetry world um, that, you know, it, it's, it's often than not, more often than not that poems usually are never finished. You know, um, there are many times where I feel like I'm done with a piece. I'll go into the public sphere and I'll recite it. I'll perform it. Maybe I'll even perform it a bunch of times during the year. Um, and then only to come to realize at the end of the year, Oh, maybe there was a, there was a part of that phrase that I could have done better (laughs) and I'll, and I'll edit it or, Oh, you know what? That simile didn't work and I edit it, you know, and, and, and that's the beauty with, with poetry, um, especially with performance poetry where I come from. Um, maybe it's different for page poets, you know, because once it's on the page and you publish it and you put it in a book, then, you know, it's already etched in, in stone, if you will, or etched in paper, um, for, you know, for the masses to see, but with performance, you know, um poetry you're always evolving you're always editing you know and there are times where i would i would bring back an old piece that i wrote even before um maybe i even came to christ and it was a lot of you know non jesus stuff and i i Uh because i liked the cadence because i even liked the play in words i would bring it back and edit it um for more modern context and so um yeah props to you though kevin for for sticking with it for the year um, I don't think I've yeah. spent a year on a poem. And so talk about perseverance. That's that's awesome, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. Supposedly the Mona Lisa is it done. Huh. Did you guys know that? Yeah. No. It's a work in progress. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder who's gonna complete it then. <laughs> yeah. Well not Leo, that's for sure. <laughs> um what it does is it makes the victory sweeter. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, yeah. it totally does. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely agree to that. Uh, any, any, and maybe you can chime in, Chris. Um, 
has there been a, like a specific situation um, where you've been challenged, maybe faced with the possibility of giving up on your passion? Um, and maybe you can unpack that for us a little bit, maybe some challenges. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, when, when I came back from uh, the mental health and, and rehab facility back in 2012, I was doing respiratory therapy school. Mm. And for, for those of you who know my background, I was always like creative, you yeah. know, like creative brain thinking. And so here I am. I switched it up from literature to straight up verbatim medical terms. Yeah. And so a part of me was kind of slowly dying. Mm. And it's like, yes, I can revive a life. And yes, I have revived lives. But I'd rather do it in an artistic and motivating way. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where where I had to persevere and realize it's like, hey, I'm a creator. I'm not I'm not a machine. I'm not I'm not I don't want to play God by giving people CPR for people, you know, and having them in limbo with the whole ventilator thing. Because I've seen people suffer, mm. and I don't want to play that game. And yeah. so for me, art's my way. And that's how I persevere. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, I could attest to you know Chris being very creative, and I can definitely um, understand the whole kind of trying to figure out life, especially when you get into respiratory therapy and those two worlds being vastly different. I mean, I've known you, Chris, what twenty five years. You know, I was like ninety five, yeah. I think, when we first met ninety five, yeah. ninety six, and so. Uh, yeah, for the you know quarter of a century that I've known you, you've always been creative and and, and such. So I could just imagine how how perhaps maybe being in that kind of field was just just off maybe for you. And and so I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, you, you just yeah, you just mentioned anything creative in a healthcare field. They're like, what? That's like <laughs> a bad word. Yeah. And so I mean, growing up Filipino, you understand that. Yep. And yep. So a good majority of your of your relatives and your your peer group, they're technical or health related yeah. i'm just like dude it ain't for me yeah or parts of it are well or not all of it yeah and, and so I'm, I'm definitely grateful that you returned yeah. to creativity and 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 found art oh, definitely same here yeah. i'm glad you're around too because <laughs> you helped bring it out yeah um what about you, you kevin any specific challenges or situations you've found that kind of put you in a space where you felt like giving up i know you just talked about you know, when every time you face a mic and you feel like, you know, you're going to panic. Um, but has there been any other like legit, not to saying that you facing the mic isn't legit, but a situation, maybe you looked at the microphone and you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to persevere through this. I'm done. As I say, almost every time I start looking at the mic, but what I wanted to mention where it said about perseverance is, oh, I'll say one thing, voice work and studying voice work is very, very expensive. Mm. And the more you get, especially when you get with a professional coach, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. It's expensive. So every, every four months I have to look at my dwindling, um, source of income sometimes and go, mm. why am I doing this? Because the coaches that I have is, is expensive. Yeah. But I do it. And I say, well, well, because it helps my emotional health. Yeah. Why do I do this? I create because it helps my emotional health. Then you can't put a price on it. Then I'm like, spend it. It's just money. Yeah. And then I put the money. And every time I go, I don't want to do this again. And, and then your higher power above goes, um, 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 pay it. Yeah. You're like, I don't want. And I cried all the way to the bank as I always pay it. <laughs> and then. And I come back and go, 
emotionally, I feel like I'm gassed up. Yeah. I can sort of go on for another week and you can't put a price on that. But yeah. Well, you're making an investment in yourself and that's always yeah. good, you know. And yeah. And you're also getting award nominations as well. So yeah. it's not like it's going for nothing. That's right. <laughs> you know, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, twice nominated. Did I mention that? Twice nominated. <laughs> twice nominated. Yeah. So, so, so what, why why twice nominated? <laughs> well, you're also the official voice, right? Of uh, what is that Halloween thing that you do? The the Halloween convention, Midsummer Scream in the Long Beach. Beach. That's right. California. So you're the official voice of that. So you know, it's and, and paid off for sure. The official voice of the branch too, <laughs> before every service. That too. Yeah. The weird thing is always when you have to listen to yourself and go, "Oh my gosh, who is that?" I go, "That's you." I go, um, "Yeah." Yeah. Oh, oh, I yeah, Derek and I know that too. <laughs> <laughs> Believe us. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thanks, thanks for vulnerability for both of you sharing um, just yeah, moments in your life of perseverance. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, you know, I, I was when I was looking at the show notes when we put this together, I was thinking about that, and you know. I, so I want to, and many, many already know, you know, but um, I think when it comes to pastoral ministry, and this may, may be kind of perpendicular instead of parallel to creativity, uh-huh. but I think it's creative in some sense. But, you know, when we planted the branch, you know, what, six, seven years ago, um, it was something of a refreshing season for my family. And even those who, who, we're a part of the original church plant. And not to say that our experiences in the previous church were all bad, but it was just something exciting at the time. It was something really um, invigorating, you know, because, you know, we were mobile, we were nomadic, you know, we didn't know if we were going to have the school auditorium on a given Sunday. And then when we moved to downtown Long Beach, you know, you just never know when you're, especially when you're working with predominantly the homeless community, you just never know what a day is going to look like, but all of that was very yeah. invigorating and, you know, um, and it, it, you know, at the time I think the Lord used us in great ways. And then he moved us to the school again, um, for a season and then to the East side of long beach and each season, um, I believe I learned a lot. Um, uh-huh. and through all the difficulties, perseverance was a huge thing. Um, you know, there was a lot of family challenges at home, um, you know, as a minister, obviously there's, there's this balancing act that you play with pouring into the church, but also making sure that you have time for your family. And so there was challenges there. Um, any pastor out there knows who's not a pastor of a mega church knows that, you know, finances aren't always consistent, um, in ministry. Uh, and, and, you know, um, and then when it came time, when, when, when I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, it's time to kind of, you know you know, put up your, you know, your boots, I guess, or, or hang, yeah. hang up the towel, if you will, in leading a church. Um, you know, I, at first I was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure this is what you want for me? Cause doesn't that seem like I'm going to fail this, 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 this church plant. And of course God said, yeah, of course I'm sure <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, you might not be sure, but of course I'm sure, you know, God says, and, and what was comforting to know is that it wasn't like the church was going to shut down. Um, there was a trusted yeah. leader in Pastor Michelle that the Lord was yeah. reminding me that, you know, for six years I used you. It's time, it, it's, it's time for someone else. 
you know, and you, you know, yes. I've taken you as far as I need to take you. Um, cause I got other things planned for you and you can't, you can't pursue those other things if you're still doing this and you need to be okay with that. And yeah. so that perseverance kind of takes a different take, you know, it takes a different angle yeah. in the sense that I wasn't trying to force it. Uh, my perseverance in that season was really to just trust in God and to say, okay, Lord, yeah. you know, um, and then, you know, um, I think there was no other person when I transitioned out than pastor Michelle to take the reins over the branch. Cause yeah. she, she's amazing. She's a great leader. Um, I, and I, I've said this so many times to her in her face as well. She's, she's, she's a, I believe she's a hundred times better leader than I am. Um, uh-huh. specifically in the realm of, uh, the gifting of shepherding, right? So as you, yeah. as you're a lead pastor, right, you have to have the shepherding heart. You have to have the shepherding gift. And and that's what she has. You know, my gifting in, in, in ministry speak is not necessarily, shep- necessarily shepherding. It's more apostolic. And so um, it just made sense that um, I believe she, she was being groomed even from the get go. Wow. I mean, when we yeah. started the branch, we had like almost 200 people at our first service. I knew everybody there. I knew friends of friends. I knew friends, family. I knew friends, cousins. I didn't know Michelle and Rick. And uh-huh. so they stuck out like a sore thumb because I was like, who, who is this couple? Like, I don't know who the, these people are. So you could say they, Rick and Michelle were there from the very beginning. And I truly believe that from the beginning of the church plant, God was grooming pastor michelle to eventually take the reins um and i can say that in hindsight of course um i just didn't know it at the time um and and so i think just that that's what i would say um in terms of uh, see the challenge as uh, as a pastor is like you don't want to give up a church you started um and it was it was difficult you know to finally come to terms with it but i finally did um and yeah you i mean but you were rude with yourself and you didn't do it in a responsible way and kind of like what you were talking about with the rest of the branch, Pastor Michelle, like everybody at the branch, like we're stepping up, even though our numbers have kind of dwindled. Yeah. And it's but, kind of like, it's pretty awesome just to yeah. see everybody kind of do with that. Yeah. And I think that's across the board too, to, to, to credit you guys. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the numbers of church, just because everyone's online and, you know, and, yeah. and, and that's Everybody's nationwide. Everybody's kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. And that's you know? nationwide, which I'm sure it's also worldwide, but a yeah. lot of the, for my other job, as I've interviewed church leaders across the country. I mean, that's across the board, um, even when uh-huh. they, when, before everything shut down again, when things started being lifted, when churches um, across the country, especially in the, in the, in the um, middle of America started opening up, um, their attendance was really low as well. Their, their, their in-person attendance. Um, but I see, I think we're seeing a shift in just where the church is heading. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, so that's what I would say, perseverance. So you know, that being said, um, let's dive into Mario DiMatteo's interview. Such an enjoyable conversation. Native from San Diego, as mentioned from the top of the show, he's a storyteller. He's a comic book writer and creator, as well as an urban farmer. Uh, urban farmer. So with that said, enjoy the interview and we'll catch you back at the tail end. All right, today on the Breathe Faith and Creativity podcast, we have an extremely eclectic guest for you. He's an author, a storyteller, a comic book creator, and an urban farmer, which we'll get into all of that today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Breathe podcast, 
from San Diego, California, Mario DiMatteo. Really appreciate you coming on. How's it going, man? Very good. Thanks for having me, Derek. Yeah, I'm excited to, to have a conversation and, and capture your story today. Awesome. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, really quickly, icebreaker question for you. Given you're in San Diego, how do you feel now that the Chargers are up here in L.A.? You know what? I, I was, I've never been a huge sports fan, so I always made fun of my friends when the Chargers sucked in San Diego. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sad for my friends, but it's uh, not really that sad. Well, they suck, <laughs> they suck in L.A., so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're continuing the tradition, right? Uh, so let's start off real basic, right? This is your bio moment. Um, for those listening who may not be familiar with you or what you do, um, why don't you start us start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, um, maybe a brief, you know, your upbringing, where you're from, your background. I mean, this is your bio moment, pretty much who is Mario. Cool. Yeah. My name is Mario DiMatteo. Great to meet all your guests. And I grew up in San Diego fortunate to be in the sunny, sunny area of San Diego. And I was always an athlete my life, my whole life. And was never really super involved in the arts. Mm -hmm. And in 2004, I was on a soccer, playing soccer at Point Loma Nazarene. And on my summer vacation, I actually was in Costa Rica and dove into a swimming pool and broke my neck. Oh, I'm in a wheelchair. I don't even know if you knew that. No, Uh, I didn't know that. And so that critical moment kind of shifted everything in my life and art became like really my refuge and God really started working through, through me, through art and allowing me to really like explore a whole different side of my brain that was in there. And it really, I think saved my life. Wow. And during that period, I was introduced to comic books. I was introduced to poetry and also farming all kind of in the same two to three year span. And all those things now are really my passions in life. So, yeah, let's unpack the comic book side of you uh, really quickly. Um, You got into that. um, What are some works that you're doing, current projects, things like that? Yeah. Honestly, it was from day one when I was in the hospital, a friend of mine brought me a Commendium of Silver Surfer. And nice. I'd always loved comic book movies and X-Men cartoon and all that stuff I was I was into. But I was never a big comic book reader. I remember going to a comic book shop when I was little with my friend who was into it. And I was so intimidated to ask questions about what book I should buy. I thought I was gonna insult them. And yeah. so I never never really got into it. And then when I got that book, it really changed my perspective of what a comic book is and the storytelling potential and the ability to reach people with, um, I mean, I, I was landed on probably one of the most philosophical comic books, uh, silver surfer. Yeah. And that really opened my eyes. And then as the years passed, I, I started a business with a friend of mine. We were doing graphic design and t-shirts and stuff. And, comic books became just more more about just pleasure reading and having fun with it and at some point it sparked where it was like maybe i could do this and trying to figure out how to do it started going to comic con asking questions meeting people and i was reading a book at the time by a theologian named nt wright about Mm -hmm. paul the apostle and it really opened up a new vision of paul as this real radical 
revolutionary where I had read Acts, the book of Acts before from the Bible, but never really took it too seriously. And that book changed my perspective. I thought, oh, if I'm going to do something in comics, maybe I could do something with Paul the Apostle to start with because the story's already there and I wasn't going to have to do something super original in terms of storytelling. And that became the spark of a vision that evolved into me writing a script, what I thought was a script, then meeting an actual comic book writer who helped me co-write what I had written and turned into an actual comic book script. And that training, his name's Ben Avery. That training has changed my life. Then we hired a professional artist. And then for the next four years of my life, I was just art directing and I funded it. So it was slow paced, but really transformative and educational in learning how to build one of these books. Cause they're very difficult. Um, the book, the book that we made, uh, Paul the Apostle, is literally a twelve hundred original panels. So it's just a massive journey to do these books. Yeah, and it's a free download right now. Yeah, we're, we've been I've been giving it away for free for a long time. I, I sell it on my website, but I really just want to get it in the hands of as many people as possible. And I know a lot of people don't have fifteen bucks to drop, so it's. There's so much art there that I'm like, man, is, if we can just give it away to as many people as possible. And that really was influenced by a hip-hop label, Humble Beast, yeah. and, or a Christian hip-hop label. And early on, I think they still give away all their music yeah. free. Shout out to Propaganda. Oh, yeah. He's the man. That Good friend. <laughs> hero status. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> coffee, coffee connoisseur, too, as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I was... Just talking to my wife about him, we're, we're thinking of investing in some higher coffee technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great, though. Um, so tell us a little bit more. So I, I glanced at the Apostle Ball book. He's a, an animal, right? It's from, yep. from the perspective of an animal. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of really good illustrated Bibles out there right now. The Action Bible, Kingstone Bible. I mean, that, that genre has been around since the beginning of time. I mean, the Sistine Chapel is basically a comic book right. by, by Michelangelo. And so I, I grew up with Ninja Turtles and <laughs> He-Man and Thundercats and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to give it a little different feel to it that maybe would reach other kids. And it was really making it for myself because I, I hadn't seen a Bible in kind of a futuristic Star Wars-ish world. Yeah. And that's the kind of comic books that I am drawn to and wanted to... It's a, it was a crazy idea then. It's still a crazy idea now. And from a marketing perspective, it what maybe wasn't the, the best idea because I have to jump over a lot of hurdles in the Christian conservative world. But mm. for the most part, People really love the book and kids really like it. And that's the most important thing to me. But yeah, it's it's fully in a futuristic Star Wars-ish creature world. Paul's like a fox man. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm looking at the cover. There's all sorts of little, there's like a Yoda character that is Gamaliel, which is his Paul Saul's mentor before he turns into before he's hunting Christians down. And so, yeah, I I wanted to kind of just do something different that could add to the conversation of Bible 
adaptations. Yeah. Instead of just doing regular human stuff like everybody else, it would have been more difficult to stand out. So it's a futuristic telling of his narrative in X. It's it's a futuristic, but it's the exact story. We yeah. have the exact names. We follow the book of Acts pretty pretty strictly. I wanted to make sure that if kids read it, they would have a solid understanding of the book of Acts after reading this story. It, having it be an educational product and ministry tool was really important to us. And we wanted to make it entertaining and fun and something exciting to look at. So the visuals are really impactful and, um, and action packed, but the educational aspect of it was critical to us. We didn't want to create some weird element of the story of Paul that wasn't in there. Yeah. So every, everything can be fact checked in the book. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing we ask our guests all the time is, in your own creativity and your storytelling, how have you experienced God um, through the journey? Maybe, you know, in your own time connecting with him or as you've connected with other authors or publishers, how have you experienced God through this process? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I feel God's been moving throughout this whole thing from, from day one. It seems like sometimes it feels so weird that my whole life was gearing up for this moment. Um, But one, one specific example is when we made this book, it it costs more money than I'd like to say. And it was scary to do it, to, to make the jump and to pay the the artist. And I had met with a pastor and he, he gave me some, some advice and some verses and that I carried with me. And we made the book. It was fairly successful selling it out of my back of my van. I, it was all indie self-published. And and maybe a year and a half ago, I was like, man, I, I want to do the second book uh, about Peter, but it's we're, it's not a financially sustainable business right now. It's it's so hard to, to sell books to people. It's just, it just was more challenging than I thought. And I was about to give up. And a friend of mine was like, hey, I think I found a publisher that'll that'll buy your book and fund the second book. And it was, it was literally like, I was about to give up. And then a week later, my friend and mentor is like, Hey man, I've been thinking about you. What do you think about selling your book? I didn't even told him that I was thinking about giving up. Yeah. And, I, and I had prayed, I had said, Hey, if you don't, if you want me to keep going on this thing, I need, I need some, I need some kind of sign or help that not even a sign, just, I need help. Yeah. And that came and within Three weeks, we were in negotiation with this publisher called Broad Street Publishing. They ended up buying the book, the publishing rights, funded the second book. So we just finished the second book, Peter. That's coming out in March. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, and then, there's just in the past, this past year, we had finished the book. COVID hit again. I was like, man, this business is so hard. It's not sustainable yet. I'm paying. A, a new artist out of pocket who's become a business partner of mine, but we started developing other books. We have three or four different projects in development. And again, I, I kind of, I said the same prayer. I'm like, we need a project for 2021 or I don't know how I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. Even though the publisher picked it up, they're not selling enough to, to make this thing sustainable. And then literally it was like a week afterwards that I was like, I'm going to 
might maybe have to give up again. Got an email from someone that was at the publisher. They went to a new publisher and they're in charge of the book, The Hiding Place by Corey Tenboom. It's this famous Holocaust story yeah. of a lady that hid Jewish people. And they're like, we're thinking about doing a graphic novel. What, what do you think? And got on a call with the head of the publishing company, put this proposal together. Two weeks, we did all this artwork to just say, we're, we're on board. Like We want to do this project. And it looks like it's 100% go. For wow. 2021, we're going to be adapting the hiding place into a graphic novel. So That's awesome. Not, it's like, I can try to do as, I could push forward all these development projects that I have in my mind and I think are going to be successful and make the company. And then God brings in this weird project that wasn't even on the radar. And it's going to be pretty, pretty dope for 21 to, to draw. Yeah. Psychotic copies. So is the, the Peter project on hold? No, the Peter project's completely done. It's, oh, you said it's, it's coming out in March. That's yeah, right. it's coming out in March. Um, it was actually scheduled to come out March of this year, and then COVID hit, and they pushed it. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. So that's going to be the gospel, basically the story of Jesus yeah. from Peter's perspective. Again, totally biblically accurate, and it's it's rad. So it's the story of Jesus, so it's even more action-packed. Jesus yeah. is just doing ministry and just zapping demons and yeah. <laughs> healing people. So it's, it's pretty sick. Yeah. I find it fascinating that, um, one, so I'm a, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a pastor and one Easter I preached on his resurrection, Jesus's mm-hmm. resurrection, but I focused on the part in the narrative where it tells us that the, the bodies of those who were buried, came out of the graves and so it was very zombie apocalyptic <laughs> yeah we man that verse not a lot of people know that and i i put that in there I oh put nice a, nice one panel in there okay because i was like dude this is crazy scene yeah yeah it's 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 all the old prophets are walking the streets that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna get that one that drops for sure for sure um, cause my kid is into comics as well. Well, all three of my boys, they're into comics, the movies of what as well. And my oldest one, um, he, he has a little comic artistry in him as well. And so, awesome. yeah, I showed him, uh, uh, the apostle Peter and he got excited. So he's gonna, he's gonna, as soon as he's done with all of his other books, he's going to jump into that. And so, um, cool. yeah, yeah I'll send you, I'll send you a copy for sure. Yeah. Um, cool. Thanks. Uh, as far as healing now, um, one of the other questions we ask our artists, right. With whether it's, it's painting or poetry art, artistry has a way of providing healing. Maybe not physical healing, but just healing for the spirit, healing for our mental capacity, especially in the age of COVID. Um, how, how have you experienced your artistry and storytelling? Um, how does that correlate with healing? Have you experienced your artistry bringing healing to other people? Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, er, early on, I was given a book. I was actually given three books when I was in the hospital. I was given a, a New Living Translation. Bible study Bible. I was giving Silver Surfer and Victor Frankel's Man Search for Meaning, uh-huh. and that that book changed my life from like right off the bat. I read it within a day, the whole book, and it's a Holocaust story. And he talks about finding purpose in our suffering, and 
that that really can be a, almost like a secret superpower to get through suffering and, and to heal. Yeah. And the comic books, this journey for me, even though it's been stressful and tumultuous at times and on the brink of giving up on it, it's, it always seems to find there, there's these like glimpses of hope and being able to have the purpose to make these books and to think there's something bigger that I'm, that I'm reaching kids, which is really my, my passion in ministry is trying to get kids amped on Jesus and trying to get kids amped on reading. Yeah. Uh, so those, those two focuses have really given me a lot of hope in my life. I mean, there's a lot of reasons for me to wake up every morning and be bummed out on life, but I'm really fortunate to have purpose yeah. and to have amazing wife and team around me and people and that want to see me succeed and we're all like rooting for each other and different the our different art friends and community it seems once you're in an art community there's so many extraordinary people doing different things yeah. and you're all just amped on each other and working and helping each other um, try to, to push forward so for me the art has been probably the biggest healing antidote to my own trauma and suffering that I could possibly imagine and then and then the gardening is yeah. too also like a huge huge thing for me well let's talk about that since you mentioned it you know on your profile it says you're an urban farmer uh talk to us a little bit about that Yeah, my, my mom, uh, early on, I, I moved into a house. I, I moved out of my parents' house. I was finally figuring out how to live in, on, in a wheelchair, which is its own crazy story and mission. And moved finally moved out of my parents' house and moved into this awesome house with sun in the backyard. And my mom brought over this tomato plant. She's like, hey, you, you might be into growing. You, when you were little, you used to grow, you used to help me grow tomato plants. And I was like, yeah, I remember. And I, we put this plant up and it got super huge and overgrown and, and fell over. And my buddy, my, my good friend, my brother, he's a pastor. He was over there and he was going through a lot of, a lot of hard times too. And the thing fell over and he's like, Hey, I think we need to uh, prune this thing, pick it up and prune it. And I'm like, really? Okay. Was, and so he just hacked this thing up, pruned off all the dead. And within a week it was blooming with new growth and with flowers because it hadn't been making fruit yet. It was just all green and, and just too much green. And it started flowering. And within two weeks, there were tomatoes. And and then a couple months, we were making the most delicious salsa fresca you'd wow. ever have. And that moment was really integral for me and him. He, he's a big time farmer now too. We're actually in a business, a farming business together. But he uh, just pruning off the dead. It was like the clearest metaphor we possibly could have done for had for our lives. It was a gift from God. We truly believe it. it was one of those like almost a burning bush moment for us. We mm. saw that we can get our hands dirty, participate in God's creation, be together. Like we were already like building a community with ourselves, and then other people came over, and we had the salsa, and, and then we both started just finding ways to grow food. I transformed my backyard and built a, basically a little mini farm in my backyard. And he did the same. 
And since then, it's just every, it's one of those things where you can never learn enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm on year 10 of growing food and I still feel like a novice. Wow. And there's masters. I mean, it's that 10,000 hour thing. I'm probably on my, my thousandth hour. So it's, <laughs> it's forever learning. And so I love that. I love getting good at things and becoming better at things and teaching people and, it's just really become an integral part of my life every day. I mean, before I was on the phone with you, I was out there watering some seeds and we planted seeds yesterday and harvested like literally 20 pounds of broccoli on, wow. on, Mon- on uh, Friday and gave it to our neighbors. So it's just to build community around food is such a, it's such an easy thing yeah. for me. I'm not a good evan- evangelist. Like, I can't stand on, on a stage and and talk about Jesus super well. I I do it, but that's something I need practice at. But when I bring someone in the garden with their child and they pull out an onion for the first time, it's like, how, how, how can we deny God? And that's really been this really healing and storytelling. It's just, there's so many aspects to it that I'm in love with. So do you teach workshops for the local community there or how's that, how's that work? Or Yeah, we, we've taught a number of classes in my backyard for growing food and we've, we've actually combined it with, with storytelling and poetry. We've, we run an open mic down here actually that's um, connected to definitive soapbox in a way. Um, and we, we've always been influenced by definitive, how they ran their community. Yeah. And, We've done uh, spoken word events in the garden and taught a class and then did a, did a poetry event. It's just surrounding people around food as much as possible and just trying to inspire people to grow food because it's, it can be intimidating just like anything else. Like even just writing a poem is scary yeah. to a lot of people until they start and, and get a workshop from, uh, from superb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. But so in, in the farming world, you're, this is not like a job for you. This is something that you just passionately do or does that provide? Well, well so it, it has been a passion for a long time. And then recently the past two years, me and my, my friend Marcos, who was my original tomato pruner partner, we've been dreaming about how to make money off of it and yeah. how to create a business off it for a long time. And we're fi- we finally formed a business a few years ago and he, he's kind of the captain of that ship. I'm, I'm supportive financially and also creatively in the, it's, it's hard. It's been a lot of challenges to raise money to start a farm. It's expensive. Yeah. Finding land is it's its own crazy journey of just being able to grow food legally is, is hard. You can buy land and not even, be able to grow food on it it's it's insane um california has the most insane regulations yep. of probably in any state but recently we were able to find a piece of land um near my house about 20 acres so we, we have this land and now we're trying to raise funds to start the initial infrastructure build of it um we're he for the past two years he's been doing landscaping building gardens for people in their backyard. And that's been kind of our, our business model for now, just managing other people's backyard growing operations. So, so it really is a, a full-on business, um, but I'm, 
I'm still running my comic book thing and he's kind of the captain of the ship until we start the actual farm. But it's, uh, it's exciting. We're, we're super stoked on it. We know God has a plan for it, but there's been just endless doors shut. We, we went on like a shark tank mission the past year, trying to raise money, pitching all these wealthy investors and just getting denied. Never, never, they're always super positive. Oh, your business sounds so cool, so wonderful, but COVID is scary and we don't want to give you any money. Yeah. So we're like, okay, on to the next. But uh, it's it's morphing along the way. We're, we're thinking of renting out land to smaller farmers and creating like a collective of farmers. Oh, nice. Up. So it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. my auntie, she, she's, she rent, rents, I guess, a plot of land out in Long Beach. And um, so she's part of like a collective of different farmers as well. And so she always brings us her harvest of tomatoes and, and eggplant and, and string beans. And so, man, there's just yeah. something... You know, it's just something about the fresh food that just comes straight from, you know, the earth and, and, and straight to the table, right? Farm to table. And, and whenever she drops it off, it's just, I don't know, it just tastes so much better than grocery store, you know, which I don't imagine it to be all that different other than the pesticides and stuff like that. But man, it just tastes so much better when she brings over her stuff compared to some I would get like at Ralph's or, you know, the Target Marketplace or, or things like that. For sure. And and there is a big difference that that tomato you're eating at Ralph's or Walmart that traveled from more than likely from Mexico, that, uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Yeah. It's harvested before it's ripe. Mm. They spray it, they spray ripening um, sprays on it. So it's ripening as it's coming. That tomato from your aunt ripened on the vine. It's got all the sugars in it. So it, it just the taste wise, it's always going to be better homegrown. Yeah. And then nutrition wise, it's when you're letting a fruit ripen fully on the vine, the nutritional value of it. There's a lot of studies coming out about homegrown and local organic food. It's just nutritionally just way more packed with the good stuff. Yeah. Man, I'm going to probably hit you up for some advice because we have you know a good size backyard and man i just there's something about it man i just just never got around to it but I, I, maybe in the future i'll hit you up for some advice yeah i'd love to help plant plant a tree man that's the that's the big thing too is planting trees right. it's really been my, our focus um my focus for the, this year has just been putting in as many trees as possible a, a friend of mine farmer mentor uh, i i Asked him one time, I'm like, hey man, when's the best time to plant a tree? And he's all yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just get it in the ground and start learning and failing forward. I've killed trees and it's sad, but it's like you just gotta those trees, like we're harvesting right now, lemons. I'm harvesting probably 15 lemons a day off wow. three trees, and we're adding them out to our neighbors. These oranges that we have are the best you'll ever taste. Yeah. And those are lifetime, like those will last for 20 years. Right, right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, As we turn the corner to wrap things up here, um, one of the last questions we usually ask folks, you know, for for those listening who are just starting off in whatever artistry they have, whatever creative pursuit they have or a small business, whatever it might be, what advice would you give to the one listening who's hesitant to start writing that story or to start that small business or to start pursuing a passion they have, but are timid for whatever reason, what, what advice would you give that person? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I always go to this 
quote, and I, I might misquote it from the book Dune, Fear is the Mind Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, fear is just, it'll kill you. It'll just take all, if you can break through the fear and just start making, start creating and become passionate about it, you're going to be, if you work for five minutes a day, you're going to be making more than what you made yesterday yeah. by living in fear. So I think just starting is, is really important. Um, practical advice, I think for, for comic books or for business too, is reading books is really important. Mm. You want to read about other people's, um, failures and triumphs. And if you're trying to make a comic books or children picture books, read as many as you can just become obsessed with it, become an expert in that field. Just constantly be reading comic books. I'm, I have a stack. I mean, every night I'm reading, I'm trying to force myself to read for 10 minutes of a graphic novel and reading it critically. School is important. If you can go to school and afford school, I was lucky and got funded um, because I was in a wheelchair and was able to get my master's degree in creative writing. So that helped a lot. Um, There's a book I I highly recommend for anybody that's trying to write creatively. Um, Stories is, it's called The Writer's Journey by Vogel. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, the most fantastic book about telling a hero's journey story and infusing those classic ancient elements into your story. Um, it, it is a formula, but you can break the formula once you learn it. Yeah. But learning that formula is so critical, the three-act structure. And then um, taking classes and watching YouTube videos, there's so much you can do right now to self-improve. Um, I, th- I think trying to build this inside your heart to be constantly learning. Learning is, is so important. You need to be, you need to be practicing and you need to be constantly learning and and seeking mentorship too. That sometimes is hard for people to understand how to seek mentorship if you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, But joining communities is huge. It's, it's harder now in the COVID, but there's so many forums and so many groups that, People are doing. I think Definitive Soapbox is still doing an online open mic. Are they are they back to? I'm not sure. No, yeah. Doing. So we we do a, a Zoom online every last Friday. Yeah. Well, during the holiday months, we bumped it up. So we just had one like this past Friday. Um, but yeah, we're still going strong. Forty, fifty yeah, people the, log in, so it's pretty cool. Awesome. I gotta check it out. We we've dropped the ball because we run Glassless Minds. I uh-huh. think you've heard of that. Yeah, that, that's uh down in here. That's me and. My wife run that right now, and we we haven't been holding it since COVID. I feel bad. We're going to jump back on it, but yeah. joining community is so big. It's oh, yeah. such a big thing to have support. It's so easy to just be to get lost in the darkness of your little cave and getting uh, the imposter syndrome and saying I can't make this stuff. But once you're in a group of other people making it and other people failing or or having triumphs, it just inspires you to just keep pushing forward and. And then there's even for me, I'm a competitive person. Uh-huh. So when I see when I see superb Brian Olivia like drop this sick new poem, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to get on it, and yeah. start writing. That that always inspires me when to see other people making stuff. And there's this like competitive nature, like oh, I can't like Ruby Francisco. That guy's always. I mean, I've competed against him a bunch of times in spoken word and just get killed by him. <laughs> but I mean that like. Dude, I'm competing against the best yeah. in the business. Mr. So Jimmy like, Fallon, like a guest, like twice already. <laughs> yeah, he's he's probably the 
most successful. I mean, there's that's subjective, but for me, it was always like striving to beat him and to beat some of those guys from San Diego. It's inspired me, but community is, I, I really, above anything else, if you can join a community and, and just break kind of the shit, your shell of fear by, by putting yourself out there and meeting people, that really is a great catalyst for creation. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for all that. Um, you down to play a quick game? Yeah, for sure. Every end of the show, we do this with our guests. We call it the lightning round. You cool? Let's do it. All right, so how this works is I'm going to give you two choices really quickly, and then you just pick one of the two choices. I'm going to spit it out rapidly, and you just, no, no thinking whatsoever. You just go with your first gut. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Marvel or DC? DC. Old Testament or New Testament? No, oh, you're thinking old, too much, man. Old, old Testament. <laughs> old Testament. Apostle Paul or Peter? Ooh, Paul. Ocean or lake? Used to be ocean. Now it's lake. <laughs> Todd McFarlane or Eric Larson? Todd McFarlane. Broccoli or cauliflower? Cauliflower tacos. <laughs> Urban or urban or suburban suburbs. Urban. Disney or Illumination. Disney. Encinitas or Escondido. Esco. Legoland or Universal Studios. Universal. Boom! There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Lightning round. Thank you so much for playing Mario. And hey, <laughs> again, thank you for jumping on. Really quickly, why don't you shout out your socials? Where can we find you on social media? Uh, for those listening in who is interested in both farming and, and and your comic books, where can we find you online? Yeah, thank you. My Instagram is at Mario Dimatteo Art. That's M A R I O D E M A T T E O Art. My uh, website where you can get comic books is Bear Truth Books. That's B-E-A-R, Truth Books. And uh, yeah, hit me up, say what's up. And uh, if, you, if, if you're really listening, uh, send me an email and I'll send you a free copy of the book. Oh, there you go. And, and we'll put all that information in the show notes for those listening. Uh, but there you have it, guys. Mario DiMatteo, thank you again for jumping on. Mario, it was so great to talk to you. And Thank you, Derek. <laughs> tater tots with ketchup tater tots with ketchup and grilled onions and ranch welcome (laughs) back there he goes that was mario de mateo uh really fascinating interview what do you think guys any any initial thoughts off the top of your head what about you kevin let's start off with you uh what you think of mario's interview First of all, because I mentioned before, I have cerebral palsy. The minute I heard that he was in a wheelchair, mm. I, my heart went out to him. Yeah. And I, I just felt like I could, I could feel like, in a way, he's like my soul brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Cool. In several ways, it's just, and then it made me look at myself going, why do, what do I have to worry about? Look at what he went through. What, look at what he's doing. And it inspired me to, do my thing. Yeah, that's good. How about you, Chris? Any initial thoughts from the interview? I mean, it's a lot like what Kevin said. Uh, when you just hear his story, I'm like, yo, I have bipolar. You know, he's, he's, he's paralyzed. Uh, but yet, we didn't allow 
those hindrances to define who we are. We didn't allow it to stop us from finding our calling. Yeah. And that's what I I I really admired about Mario is you could tell in the interview, he's like, Oh Derek, you didn't know I was in a wheelchair, did yeah. you? And you're just like, No, I didn't. No. And that's what's dope about Mario. Yeah. He doesn't allow that to classify or or allow it to be his number one label. Yeah. He, he's doing things and he's just like, Oh, and by the way. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, Mario, it's super props. You know, I love that. you know, what's crazy is so off the, off the record, we, you know, we were just conversing after the interview and it turns out that we actually met each other in person. I just didn't realize it. Um, uh, he and his wife, his wife, more so her, she's also a poet and her wife actually featured at the definitive soapbox, um, in uh, 2019. And yes, I remember you guys were talking about that, but I just didn't know exactly where the connection was. Yeah. Oh, so it was in the interview. That's right. Um, uh-huh. man, it's. Too, it's 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 so early in the year and i'm already being forgetful what's going on but anyways uh but yeah and- i can't remember the last time i forgot something <laughs> no but i just think how how small of a world it was to get connected and he's really good friends with antonio of course as he said in the interview yeah. antonio the founder of the definitive soapbox shout out to, to eat antonio. his waffles by the way yeah <laughs> yeah we need to go one day all right, right kevin we uh, need to oh yes we need to do when when the world opens up or if or not we can go and and buy some takeout and go to a park and do an on location recording of the podcast over some bacon waffles uh from the nest and oh word uh yeah okay, we're there. gonna do that we're gonna do that uh, <laughs> all i can think about right now is eddie murphy going make some waffles <laughs> hey uh, Brits can make blueberry pancakes that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, getting doubly angry here. When, when's somebody going to make the food? I am making some almond waffles tomorrow morning, by the way. I got a new waffle iron. I'll be so. right on over. <laughs> uh, speaking of food, there's one thing in the interview uh, that Mario's life is centered around, and that's urban farming. And I love that um, part of it. Uh, in the interview, he talks about it being therapeutic. And I know a lot of times um, in a lot of the interviews and even in our discussions, we talk about art or finding those rhythms in life that become therapeutic. And I just love that about him. You know, obviously, part of it is um, I-, I love in the interview where he talks about how it just tastes better, you know, when you got homegrown stuff. Um, yes. And, and versus, you know, getting getting fresh, even if you got your vegetables and your fruits from the grocery store they still go through the process um of being sprayed and you know the pesticides of course you know that oh, the travel time all that the travel time absolutely and you know you know you know you know marissa you know she's she's a she's a she has a i guess a green thumb or a succulent thumb or whatever you want to call it um and so you know but but not so much with with food we we haven't really grown any food consistently we do have an orange tree in the backyard which has amazing oranges well depending on which one you pick sometimes they're hella hella sour but i remember one time there were uh there was a season where we planted tomatoes and homegrown tomatoes yeah like oh my gosh you know i was eating them like apples right i wasn't even cutting them up to put in a salad or you know they're just so good just picking them off the vine and just eating them Uh um but, you know, as I remember those, and this is the tie-in back to Mario and, and, and his urban farming, I just remember when I would go to the backyard to pick those tomatoes, um, I would get lost 
in, in the backyard just as I'm as I'm harvesting the fruit um and 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 putting them in a basket I I, I just and, and you know it, I I just remember it being really sunny and really warm you know it, it was a typical perfect southern california <laughs> you know environment and you know Mario's right that it's it's definitely therapeutic to just be back there and you know if any of you out there if you've caught marissa my wife's um episode last season when she got into succulents and when she got into gardening um obviously her 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 story is she got into it as a way to heal from the miscarriage that she had um there's just something about being and i'll say it this way there's something about being one with nature that's extremely therapeutic and healing um even if it's me just picking some tomatoes in the backyard um and i love that and 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 if you've seen and i know this is beyond just the interview but if you've seen mario's instagram um and he shows you know there's a lot of pictures of him in his backyard with his farm and all of his like you know um fruits and vegetables man it, it just looking at it is therapeutic for me uh-huh. you know um so that's one thing too that's I need to check it out is it all like in rows and everything yeah and 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 you know uh planter boxes and everything and and again here's this 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 guy in a wheelchair and you know i, I don't want to you know um romanticize the wheelchair and just like oh he has this like amazing comeback yeah, story exactly. but um just to know that that he didn't allow just the circumstances of his life um stop him from pursuing whatever yeah. it was it was just really really uh really it, it was really encouraging for me and so that's what i took any anything else um that you guys want to unpack a little bit that you heard from his interview the beauty of that to me is that he like you said he didn't let the wheelchair stop him in my opinion he let the wheelchair springboard him mm. into his purpose yeah yeah i i, I agree i, I love what how he said there oh by the way i'm in a wheelchair i didn't he didn't say that yeah that was he was like he said oh, it's it was so nonchalant, like it was no big deal. Like, yeah. oh, I got a cold. Yeah, and I was just like, "Damn, Mario!" Yeah, <laughs> you know. But to me, that was encouraging, just because yeah. you know, he didn't make it the focal point of his existence. And there's something about doing that when you don't make it the focal point of your existence. When when you can, when you can graduate to other things, when you can safely look at things. And another thing I wanted to mention is. The beauty about being in your backyard, as I mentioned a couple episodes that's ago, right. yeah, that's right. It's so healing just to do that because nature goes on. Yeah. In the spite of this pandemic, nature goes on, and I, I would mentioning like the you mentioned how the beautiful rows of his vegetables and fruits. I remember back the the beautiful fluttering sound of a of a hummingbird. Mm. It, it's just you stop and listen. Nature has a rhythm, and it's a very healing rhythm, and. That's what I got out of that part of that interview is somebody rediscovers their purpose just by slowing down and being quiet. You know, it's, it's interesting, Kevin, that you bring up that um, because recently, you know, Marissa and the boys, in fact, it was uh, yesterday, they were in the backyard just cleaning up. You know, we had, you know, a, a, a slight rain drizzle. Couple of weeks back, and and you know, so they were back there just cleaning up the dirt and mud that got everywhere. They were, you know, um, you know, they were just purging out some of the things in the backyard that just we didn't need anymore. We set up the the hammock and and we we pulled out the old fire pit and put you know wood stumps around it for for the boys to sit on. And you know, they were just out there 
they were while Marissa was 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 cleaning up, they were painting uh, on rocks, you know, kind of doing some art pieces back there. And even Ezra, my oldest, he even mentioned he said he said Man, I didn't realize how 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 beautiful our backyard is, you know, um, for a generation who's always in front of a screen, especially with school, especially with video games. Yeah. Man, he even him at such a young age was acknowledging that there's something beautiful about being in nature, just being outside, yeah. you know. Um, being quiet yeah yeah analog is cool that's right uh what about you chris anything else that stood out from the interview that uh is worth mentioning probably the uh i, I kind of understand where the urban farming and the meditative aspect of it mm, yeah where he was talking about the routine yeah and uh i had a i had an aunt who, who vapes and she was she knew that i had issues with depression she's like hey why did you try eating dough and so uh it's it's kind of cool just to see how others kind of deal with their with their personal issues and and, and what activities they do because I kind of do the same thing. Yeah, I I will repeatedly draw the same subject with the same lives just to get into a meditative state. Yeah, and uh, and it, it it really does reset your brain. It really does reset your heart, and it allows you to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, what do I need to do? Okay, let's go do it. Yeah, it doesn't make it so overwhelming. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's something about right. You 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 mentioned kneading the dough. There's something about repetition. Um, it's that muscle, yeah. muscle memory, right? Um, Beautiful thing. Yeah, that that through the process, we're like, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Uh, it's like John yeah. Wooden, right? The the basketball coach at UCLA, or you know, rest in peace. But you know, he was Genius. yeah, he was all about muscle memory and just the rhythms of passing the ball over and over and over again. So when, uh, when it's game time, you don't have to think twice about it. You know, your muscles no. will take over and they know what you need to do. You, you, your muscles know what, what works, you know, and, and it's the same thing with, with, with what we've been talking about over the past, not just this season, but even last season in terms of creative art, it's, it's the repetition of things, um, yes. that only that, it's that the perseverance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and not only does the repetition make your craft better, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, or doesn't only make your art better, but it makes you better. As a person, yes. you know, I, I agree. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that he was talking about in his journey as a comic book creator, you know, writing stories and being the storyteller is, you know, you just keep at it. Um, and then, you know, opportunities come up. He was talking about the comic book that he wrote um, about the Apostle Paul. And, you know, he talked about how, you know, after that, you know, he had this other idea with the, you know, the Apostle Peter. and just didn't know where the opportunity was going to happen or when that was going to happen. And there was a struggle there. And then all of a sudden, you know, that came up and then, you know, this other opportunity, uh, you know, to do, you know, um, his other project, which is amazing, you know? And so again, it's, it's, it's about, again, the theme of this episode, um, is this whole idea of perseverance and for him to share that part of his life, to keep at it, to keep at your craft, to keep pushing forward. Um, I think it's not only encouraging for those listening who maybe are new to it or who want to step out in faith to pursue their craft, but it's encouraging for me to hear, you know, as long as I've been, yeah, I've been writing poetry. I mean, you know, seriously, you know, since what, 94, um, I I could argue that I've been writing since elementary school, you know, when you, you write those poems, you know, for class, you know, those are across the the years. Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, so I think, you know, um, 
taking poetry seriously. I've been doing it since 94. And to hear stories like this, it's still encouraging to me as if I'm still a new writer, you know? And so I appreciated yeah. that about Mario. And so, yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, you totally need, yeah, you need that. You need that guy to, it's, it's such a good people to ignite that fire. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Mario kind of did that. That's right. Go ahead, Kevin. One thing you mentioned was, um, when you feel free, for example, when I feel free now because of the group I'm in, which is voice benders. Yeah. When I create Boris Cronkite, when Boris I, when I, Cronkite. when I get into that, that zone, I feel free. I feel like being able to create. And then I look back and I go, he's part of me. Mm. Part of me is now this character. Yeah. And that makes it beautiful because it makes it a, a living, breathing thing. And to know that I put that out there, so many times I thought to myself, it's me and my microphone and I'm just having fun. And then now I realize that I'm affecting people internationally yeah. because I'm having fun in front of the microphone. And so I have to get myself out of that, that zone that what I say through, to the microphone means something to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example and I'll keep it short because last Christmas, I was in a fan film six years ago. And the fan film is not being produced anymore, but the character lived on. And there's one person on Twitter that I asked me to send them a Christmas greeting to somebody who was feeling down and out. And so I did it in the character voice. And they sent me a message back saying that they, that was the best Christmas gift they ever got. And they were crying because they were very depressed about this year, but I ended their, their year on a positive note. Mm. And that just made me, that choked me up. Yeah. To realize that what I do here matters to somebody. That's right. And it could make years to come, but I don't see that benefit. But the beautiful thing is just to create, just to be one with nature and, or do, do you. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank you for sharing uh, that, Kevin. You know, and to that end, um, you know, we, we've been talking about perseverance. You know, Kevin, you just mentioned, you know, um, just, you know, our actions you know, affecting the long term and, and, and helping others persevere, you know, and, and one person, you know, I wanted to close the show with acknowledging the great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King with it being MLK today is the day that we celebrate um, him. Um, he's one person in our history who persevered through a lot, of course, um, and his actions in the civil rights movement definitely is playing a significant role in our lives today. And so, um, What's that? Change the world. That's right. Like That's right. So great, Dr. King. Thank you for all that you did uh, for us. Um, and yeah, much love. Hey, Derek, did yeah. you know that the our, the old Elvis song "Breakout" was based off of the "I Have a Dream" speech, Duncan Oh yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, yeah. When when the I, very first, yeah, what did he say? So we'll, we'll use that. Yeah. <laughs> so so cheap plug out there. Go look up elements of the outer realm wherever <laughs> you stream music, iTunes, or wherever, and look up Breakout. Um, that could be our uh, closing anthem for today. Uh, given, uh, of course, that today is MLK, and so um, there it is, guys. Thank you again. Such a great, great chat as usual. Uh, amazing show. Um, any yeah, last definitely. minute, uh, departing thoughts before I wrap up? Yeah. I love everybody, man. Yeah, man. Hey, let's uh, keep it going. This is really good for us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Let's just keep inspiring each other. Yeah. Because that's all we have. That's right. Kevin thoughts. 
I just learned to say one thing in my my voiceover class. They they said, "Love yourself." That's and right. I realized that that means a lot to do that, and it's so simple. And then you go, I, "Sure, I do." But then you look back and go, "How do you love yourself today, every minute?" And it's hard to do. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, thanks again, guys, for tuning in uh, this week to this week's show. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast. Uh, we'll see y'all on Instagram again. Thank you so much for following us. There's been a lot of activity um, on our Instagram page. Once again, our handle is at breathe.podcast. Also, if you're moved to to give in any way, please head to our Patreon page and hit us up with a monthly support to help keep our podcast going. Um, and of course, until next time, be the light, extend your hand in love, make peace with someone this upcoming week. Stay blessed. We'll catch you next time. And once again, peace and happy new year to everybody y'all so money and you don't even know it yeah baby <laughs> get, get, get money